Welcome to the Movie Challenge Podcast. I'm Tarek. And I'm Ray. Each week we watch a movie from Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey's back catalogue with aim to watch every movie they were ever in and to decide definitively who the better actor is. Mm. So this week we watched Mio in the Land of Far Away and Dazed and Confused. So let's discuss. Let's begin with Mio in the Land of Far Away. Oh, yes, let's. All right, so Mio in the Land of Far Away. Yeah, I just want to say right off the bat, Flip and heck. Well, let me let me give a brief outline of the plot before you before you say flip and heck. All oh, right, no. Sorry before for you the dirty viewer. people's um, opinions with with that sort of. So the movie um, revolves around a young boy who is uh, living in not sure if it's England or Sweden, um, Stockholm. Maybe I put it down Stockholm. Mm. Maybe that says it at the start. Um, his name is Busse. And he he doesn't have a great life. That's what is established in the first um, few scenes that he's lost his mum and he doesn't know where his dad is. And he lives with his aunt and uncle and it's not, he doesn't like it. His aunt and uncle are not very nice to him. So he wants to, he wants to leave. And when the option is provided of going to the land of far away, he, he gets on board, literally gets on board a giant floating head with a beard made of, some sort of tinsel material or plastic string and travels to the land of far away where he meets his father. Yippee. And he gets to go on a quest with his best friend, um, Benka, who now in the land of far away is called Yum Yum. Mm-hmm. Of course, his name changes, changes to Mio when he ch- gets to the land of far away. Yeah. They go on a quest. They defeat an evil knight and save the land, save all the children in the land. They, more importantly, fulfill a prophecy. Fulfill the prophecy, yeah. What an epic. So, it's an epic. It's basically a, a children's epic. It's a family epic for the ages. Yeah, yeah. So, first question. Overall, did you like this movie? Well, you always have to evaluate a movie on its own terms. And this is like a family-friendly kids' movie mm-hmm. um, aimed at a very young audience. So, we're not the target audience. But I would have to say, if I had watched this when I was a kid, I would have hated it. You say that now, but you probably would have. You probably would have been like, "Yeah, you know." I Maybe can't, sat through it. I, I don't can't know. tell that there's bad acting because I'm a kid. I don't. I just don't know if there's enough in it for a little Tarek to have enjoyed. But uh, yeah, I'd have to say, watching it as an adult, I didn't get like, I didn't get any warm feelies like you do when you watch a Pixar movie or anything like that. Um, That's the thing. There are kid, uh, family movies. That you can watch when you're an adult and think that's great, that's, that's cool. Like, yeah, I enjoyed like, that. There wasn't any action, there wasn't any anything scary, but I enjoyed the ride. You can say that about about family movies. Yeah, we watched Inside Out like a month a few, or so ago, yeah, and we ago. enjoyed that. We loved that, right? I wouldn't say loved. I mean, but it, was, it. it was enjoyable yeah, as, it was, as a family movie. As a family movie, it was enjoyable. This is not so much. Mm. And I would have to say, for me, I thought it was. The worst movie I have ever seen. <laughs> you say that about a lot of movies, though. Okay, I say that about every movie. But <laughs> this one was it really set the bar. I mean... It's a strange one. Not only was the story terrible and terribly delivered, 
Yeah. But the acting was absolutely shocking. It's a very wooden movie. Um, a carpenter would have a field day with the wood on offer in this the, movie. The props, the set, the costumes, it was all really bad, well, despite its um, me- medium to high budget, I think. Well, yeah, it's, it's a fantasy movie, but there's no whimsy or wonder in it. it there is magic. There is magic. And there is a fantasy element, of course, but there isn't a lot of stuff to really take your imagination away with. Well, there was like a magical horse. I mean, he didn't no, he's speak not magical. or fly. He's but not magical no, in any he way. He was like a, a good horse, you know? He was like a special horse. Well, he was rideable. Yeah, With rideable. no training. So, he's a horse you could ride if you had no, no that training. Wasn't, that wasn't if you had no training. That was, as, as Mio's father said, you can do anything you want. As long as you have enough courage in your heart to do it. That's so right. So I feel like him riding the horse was more Mio's courage in his heart, which allowed him to ride the horse. Well, we didn't we didn't answer this question first. What is the best and worst part of the movie? What oh, do you think the best part was? The best part for me was uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee is uh, the villain in this movie. Mm. He's he does the, a, Christopher Lee does a lot of really bad movies. I think he just says yes to anything. He, he says did, yes to anything. I think he did say yes to everything. Well, okay. Yeah, rest Bless in his, peace. Rest in, rest in peace. R.I.P. Mm. Christopher Lee. He was a great actor. I, he, this isn't a movie he'll be remembered by, but he's definitely the best thing in it. Well, I mean, he he was in a lot of uh, other children's movies that I remember from my childhood, and I remember being great, mm. and I remember him being scary and thrilling, and so that's probably one of the reasons why I think yeah. he's a great actor. He's quite he a does, forceful he does presence. Do, he does do a lot of... He, he makes a lot of these movies um, acceptable to watch, and I mean, it wouldn't... Based on how bad this movie was, it, it couldn't possibly have been dragged back from from unacceptable to acceptable to watch. But he he did a good job of trying, just like Christian Bale as a small child did a really good job of trying. Yeah, well, to Chris, bring this movie Christian back. Christian Bale isn't the main the main actor in this movie. He's not the lead star. He's he's uh, second fiddle. Second fiddle. But yeah. he um he still does a brilliant job with the shit he's given. Hmm. I'm uh, glad you admit that. Yeah, least. but best part, Christopher Lee. Okay. I think uh, just his voice. I think his voice does it for me every he time I see him in a performance. Mm. And uh, yeah, he just really, he won me over to like, okay, this character is evil for some reason. And he is capturing well, children can, again for some evil, reason. Even though the plot doesn't doesn't ta- doesn't show you that he's evil, <laughs> you can tell he's evil because of his voice. His and His presence. He, he just, his presence his makes eyes, you scared, yeah. Yeah, the way he says that, the, what, yeah. Hmm. That was my show. What was the light. best part? What, what was I the like. worst part? The worst part was when the bird dies, and we can. Um... Oh yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> but we can, we can, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But when one of the when uh, when some characters light a bird on fire, yeah, that, that would is be horrible. A fake that was, bird. I've got to say that was my least favorite part as well. I, I actually o- was, I was upset. An obviously faked prop bird. But I was still upset. Bird. I was still oh. upset by the fact that they lit a bird on fire. Yeah, upsetting on so many levels. But we will get to that. But yeah, what was your favorite thing? So. F- Favorite part? Well, I mean, I've I've got to say, there's a lot of great scenes to choose from. <laughs> obviously, I've got to say, seeing Christian Bale as a small child was my favorite part because he is so cute. Yeah, so you like you're in the Christian Bale camp. Course, I'm in the Matthew McConaughey camp. So he's your guy. So and he is. What was it like seeing him as a kid? How old is he? He is um twelve at he's, the time. He's twelve years old. He looks about 10. I think, no, thir- 13. He's 13? Yeah, he's 13 years old at the wow. time. He looks younger, though. Yeah, he looks very um, baby-faced. But he's so cute. <laughs> he's so adorable. Like He's a teenager, the, though. He doesn't look like a teenager oh, in the movie. He's a very young teenager. Very young teen. Pre-PBS. The, um, the main character, who I guess is approximately the same age, mm. is like, I mean, I guess he's a cute kid, but he... He's a cuter kid on paper. 
he's he's not. Like, Christian Bale, I've always put him, see, as, a, as a straight man, I've always put him in the oddly attractive column. But as a kid, he's so cute. Like, when you see, <laughs> when you watch them um, and you see the main character kid, you're like, yeah, you know, kind of cute kid. And then you see Christian, Christian Bale and you're like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. I just want to cuddle him. <laughs> well, I'd never seen Christian Bale as a kid before, have oh, you? Oh, yeah, of course. I've seen um, Empire of the Sun. You've seen Empire of the Sun. When he's the same age. It's it, the same year that he makes that movie. Throughout the whole movie, I did get a little novelty factor of, oh, this is what Christian Bale looked Looks like, like as when a he was, kid, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was, that's another favorite thing. The yeah, novelty, the novelty fact, <laughs> factor. Well, that's, that's probably what my favorite part was, was like just how cute he was every time he says something. You're like, you're so cute. So, the movie begins in Sweden, I think. So, this movie was made by a Swedish production company, and it was dubbed in English. I think... And Swedish. I think the, the, the main actors are English. Like, the little kids are English kids. I think it was dubbed in... It was definitely dubbed in Swedish, because the credits credit a bunch of Swedish kid, like people as voice actors for... Yeah. So, I don't so think... I think it, I don't think it was shot so that you would be able to pinpoint where it is in Europe, be it England or Sweden, but... Well, it was filmed in... Sweden? Um, where was Chernobyl? Chernobyl? Or near Russia? Russia? Yeah. Ukraine, Russia? U- Ukraine or something, eh? It was, so filmed, it was filmed there. in the Ukraine or But something. that doesn't mean it's set there. No, I know, but I'm just saying... You're saying it's a gen- general sort of Yeah, like it's supposed area. to be. There's there's no language on any of the s- street yeah. signs or advertising yeah. or anything like this or shop corners, is so, there? So, um, yeah, what I was saying, it was filmed in the Ukraine or somewhere near Russia because apparently it was near Chernobyl when the, when the <laughs> Chernobyl disaster occurred. So when the nuclear power plant and went in, to down s- into meltdown, they had to stop filming? Yeah, and, and leave and come back later. They had to crawl out through the fallout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went back. They went back, yeah. Well, maybe that explains some of the acting. But it is rather bizarre how they chose English-speaking actors to do the main bits when yeah. it didn't get an English release. So this movie was released in Russia, Sweden, Norway. Norway. Just those three countries. Just those three countries, yeah. and they decided to use English lead yeah. Leads. Christopher Lee, Christian Bale, and the other kid. They're yeah. all English. Yeah, that is odd. That that does The um the the less uh main characters, like the um The extras. The extras the basically the, his aunt, the weaver woman, the his sword evil maker. Aunt. Those okay, yeah. those people were all like they had Swedish or Norwegian names, I'm not sure which. Okay. Well so the movie starts and you can clearly see that the mo- the main character and I'm from am I pronouncing this right? Busa? Busa. Busa. Uh, doesn't have a great life. He's living with his adopted, his foster parents. Um, and they make him, they make him call them aunt and uncle, which is, so they might is that his, odd? They might be his actual aunt and uncle. But Do no, I- but no, because he, in the narration, so Busa or Mio uh, narrates a little bit of the movie. And he says that when they came to the orphanage, they were looking for a girl. But it might have been and like... And there were no girls in the orphanage. It was an all-boy orphanage <laughs> by the sound of it. But, and they had to pick but him. But they might have been like, hey, it's our nephew, Busser. Let's so choose let's him choose over, him over <laughs> the other boys. <laughs> Maybe. But I think they've made... They've made him call him aunt and uncle because they didn't want to be his parents? Yeah, I, don't, I think secretly they don't... You they think re- it's a, a, a hallmark of the fact that they don't love him? Yeah, I think arc. I think it's the equivalent. They've gone down to the shop to get something. To get a kid. And there's nothing they like there, but they went all this way to the shop, mm. so they may as well get a kid. Because they, they drove for like 10 minutes to get there. 
A whole 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so his adopted, his foster parents don't like him. Well, the the adopted auntie doesn't like him uh, and makes, yeah, little bosses. Booser? Booser. Booser is sent to the... Well, uh, yeah, so the movie starts with all the kids getting out of school and Booser um, does an errand for his his auntie and gets some crackers from the convenience store and brings them home and he gets in trouble and... Uh, it seems like it's over nothing, right? Yeah. Salted crackers, crackers. Um, but he doesn't. He doesn't get like whipped or anything. There's no real. Yeah. There's concert. no like. But you. But she. There's no whipping. There's no like actual beating. She psychologically torments him by saying, um, "This is just one of the many reasons why he's a bad child." I think. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. think so. So, um, this is setting up that he he wants to leave. Um, he is very happy when um, the lovely lady at the convenience store gives him a magical apple yeah. so that he can travel to the land of far away. Yeah, so he runs away. So he he um, he's late home for supper one night, and this is like the final straw for his uh, foster mum. So she gives him like a really aggressive bath. Is that... That's... No, you're mixing this up. No, with... she does. She, she does... doesn't give him an aggressive bath. Oh, she like washes his hat. She washes oh, in his the face. Sink. Yeah, in the sink. It's not in the bathtub. Okay. You're thinking of um the Tenth Kingdom. Yes. That's the that's the aggressive bath. <laughs> but yeah, she aggressively washes his face as well. Yeah. Yeah. So she like gets a cloth and like really lets his face have it, and she calls his father, who is not dead, who has just sort of walked out on his life, like a bum. And one of my favorite quotes from the movie is, um, Bussa defending his uh, his father and going, "My father is not a bum." They kind of I don't know, the wooden <laughs> the wooden acting. So let's talk about how wooden his acting was. Yeah. So Busser, I don't know what the kid's name is actually. Yeah. He's never done anything else. Well, there's no um, point in memorizing he, his name. This this actor is literally the worst actor I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, is is a child actor, so you, you think it's worse than Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, you were going to say you, you that's always your your bar. Your your bar is Jake Lloyd, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. This kid was worse than Anakin Skywalker. He really, really was. I, I truly think he was worse than Anakin Skywalker because... It did um, sound pretty... It did sound like very he, voiced At least over. Anakin Skywalker, like he's overacting and he's like, um, he's got too much emotion. Mm. But this kid, it's like... Um, he's a robot. It, it's, it's almost like he delivers his lines as though he's heard of emotions and someone demonstrated them to him once. But he's copying what he thinks they might might feel like, but he can't actually feel them. You know, yeah. it's like Jake Lloyd showed him what emotions were like, <laughs> he and watched, he's trying to copy Jake Lloyd. He went into the future. He saw Phantom Menace because he's a kid and he's probably seen Star Wars by now. And he was like, "Okay, I'm going to follow this guy's lead." That's actually what happened, and, and he didn't do as good a job as Jake <laughs> Lloyd at, at, at delivering overacted lines. And I guess it just makes it even more worse that. You can see Christian Bale's a better actor all throughout the movie. And yet they it, didn't pick him as yeah, the main character. I reckon they were like halfway through the movie. And they were like, we should have switched. We should have picked this guy, this kid as the Yeah, main but character. it's like we've paid it's the family. Late. We've yeah. like talked to the producers. We so can't... we've got we've got a little clip for you. Um, just a, a brief clip to show some of his, one of his lines, one of our favorite lines. Yeah. So here it is. Why have you come here? We've come to fight the evil knight, Kato. We have come to fight the evil knight, Kato. No, no, it's not delivered like that. It's like, we've come to fight the evil knight, Kato. (laughs) I don't know. It's really funny. (laughs) From being, yeah... 
from being very scared about the Knight Kato to being very forthwith about it. It's pretty. Yeah, it's like he change. he's not consistent about what his feelings about various characters about or situations are. Yeah, he's not consistent with his feelings at all. Going back to the, where the story is, so Mio gets a nice apple from the lady, and he goes down the park to probably sleep because he's homeless now because he's ran no, away from home. Oh, he's gonna go back home. Well, anyway, he opens a random bottle in the park, and then a genie comes out of the bottle. Yeah, a magical floating head genie. Yeah, a magical floating head genie. Who originally thinks that Mio is just some, oh, Busa is just some random kid. And he's like, he dismisses him. He's like, who the heck are you? I'm going to head off. But then he sees the magic apple Mm. in Mio's possession, which is turning golden. And he goes, okay, grab a hold. Grab a hold of my beard. And let's go for a ride. When someone says, grab a hold of my beard, let's go for a ride. I think you'll know what to do now. When a, sev- when a floating severed head tells you to grab its beard, you just grab. And the beard, of course, instantly turns into um, that plastic string. You know, that white plastic string. Yeah, that you find yeah. in a craft store. So he grabs onto the plastic yeah. string beard. In the close-up, it definitely turns into plastic string mm-hmm. beard. And floats through space. And you see Mio in outer space looking at planets. And pieces of ice, I think. Are they Chunks like, of ice. Are they like ice steroids? And does he go through like a black hole or something? No, he, no, he just leaves the galaxy and goes to a new galaxy. So, okay, when you see... Okay, he just goes to a new galaxy. Okay, and That's then... That's the magical and whimsy part of it. Yeah, and it takes him right to the land of far away. Mm-hmm. They end up on Three Meadows Island. Would you want to live on Three Meadows Island? Yeah, it looks nice. It looks like pretty, pretty picturesque. It looks beautiful, uh, but it looks really boring. Well, that's because that no one went inside any of the houses and saw people playing video games. They were just yeah. outside doing chores, which that's the unfun part. It, it is medieval. Of course, inside they've probably got all three consoles. Xbox, PlayStation, Wii U. And, and Wii U. That I mean, they're probably having a great time in their time off. It's just during the day they have to do work, make bread, uh, herd the sheep. These are the children, of course. Pull water from the well. The, the children are doing all the work on this island. Yeah. That shepherd kid looks like he is taking a lot on 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 his shoulders. Yeah. Mm. Well, isn't his parents aren't helping? Well, anyway, so yeah, Bussa goes to the land of far away, and he's he he gets like. I don't know, his first gift of his life probably, beside his stupid red hat. He gets the he gets the horse. He gets a horse. Um, Miramis, the horse. And as his dad said, and as I said earlier, he can ride it because he can do anything his dad says you can do anything you want as long as you have enough courage in your heart to do it. Do it's, really, th- it's really touching. It is really touching. You know, it's like it's a great thing to tell ch- the small children yeah. watching this movie. You can do anything <laughs> you want as long as you have enough courage in your heart to do it. That's the nice thing. Actually. Could also set them up for failure, I guess, though, because riding a horse courage, with no experience, they have courage in their heart, but they probably still fall <laughs> off a real horse. Yeah. Well, I hope. Yeah, I hope no one got real gung ho about riding horses after seeing this movie. Mm. Well, I got courage in my heart. I got courage in my heart. I can ride my bike over this uh, metal beam. I mean, I'm just going to take the- these trainer reels wheels right off <laughs> yeah i got courage in my heart um okay yeah and uh we're yeah we're reintroduced to a, an old favorite character in the movie yeah i mean he thinks that he thinks that binker has been left at home and doesn't get to share in this adventure his best but friend lo, lo and behold his best friend binker turns up but not not as binker <laughs> not as binker it's yum yum his name is yum yum and his real name that's is pronounced Christian Bale. that's pronounced yum yum and Christian Bale 
Okay, well, Yum Yum knows who Mio is. Yeah, because he's been told. He doesn't remember him from... The, but he, from... he acts like he's been his friend for ages. No, no. Uh, Yum Yum's kind of like, hey, I don't really know you that well. And Mio's like, hey, we're best friends. And Yum Yum's like, sweet, I'm just like the gardener's son. I'm The 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 prince wants to be best friends with me. I'll take that. I guess... He's happy about it. But he's he's there waiting. He's like... His, well, his, like he's his... like wandering through the garden. No, I think his... I guess his dad would have said... Try right, and make my, friends with my, him? My friend's going to need a friend. Um, there are no other nobles around, so he'll do. He'll do. He'll yeah. do. <laughs> Closest, the cutest kid anywhere near. Um, of course, uh, Mio then looks into a magic well. Yeah, so he meets all the other kids on the island who all have jobs, which is great. No school it for is, these kids. It is. It's great. They're making, like I said, making bread, herding sheep. <laughs> yep. And they look. Yeah, they look into a magical well. Yeah. And they yeah they hear the they hear the prophecy. This is where they hear the prophecy. This is where the adventure is set up for the movie. But that's the thing. You say this is where the adventure is set up, but it's a like it's it's really weakly set up. Like it's it's like the people who wrote this this movie they were like okay so he lives in in the real world. He comes to far away because his real world life sucks. Comes to far away, so goes a on a magical one. adventure mm. and saves saves all the children. Okay, that's fine. They've got those story points. They've got those those bullet points to hit mm. when they write the story. Yeah, but it's like the writers um they they didn't feel like hitting those points in any cohesive pattern. They decided um. That they're just gonna, mm, I don't know what to say. Well, but. it's like they wrote this movie with a big, fat bowl of crack cocaine right next to them, and uh, they would uh, regularly they, take a hit. What I'm trying to say is that um, that there is no actual storyline. There's no plot reason for for once Mio gets to the land of far away and lives in a castle. There's no plot reason given for him to leave the castle. Yeah, he's he's he gets this uh, prophecy Could- that he hears a piece of, not the whole thing, just a piece of in the well, and then he decides. He says to his father. I'm going to leave. I have to go to the Forest of the Moon or whatever he calls it. Yeah, because the well presents the story like it happened in the past, not the future. But he, does, it's not, he doesn't even know because when, when he meets the Weaver Woman and he realizes what he has to do, that's mm. when he realizes. That's that's later. Mm. He doesn't realize at this point. All he knows is that he feels like he wants to go to the Forest of the Moon or whatever it's called. Well, he's probably thinking like I would in his situation. I'm pretty bored of the stupid island. By no, now. that's the thing, though. He there's no plot reason for him to to want to leave. He's not. Why would he be bored? He just he got wants, there. Yeah, he wants to he, leave his dad straight just, away. He's that's just met dumb. his father for the first time. He's really happy. He's made a friend. Yum Yum's there. Everything's great. <laughs> there. Why would he not just be like, screw this nagging feeling that I want to go to the forest of the moon, and that's all that it's presented as some nagging feeling he has? Yeah. Why wouldn't he just be like, screw that? I'm going to stay in this castle. There is absolutely no plot reason for him to leave. And you don't ever witness uh, the villain in the movie doing anything nefarious to then... Yeah, you... Th- that you don't get the idea that, okay, this is happening, so I've got to put a stop to it. You'd think that what they should have done, if, if I was the writer, which clearly I'd be a better writer than whoever wrote this movie, Most is be would. like, okay, got to the island... Then a cl- an evil a black cloud comes over the comes over the sky mm. and some crows because he's got cr- crows they they They're fly down bad. and they pick up a child that he's been talking to and carry it off yeah and then he's like 
bro, what's this there's all no, about? There's no peril. There's no peril then, on the island. And then Yum Yum says all the kids are being taken. And he asks his dad. And his dad's like, no one can do anything about it. And then Yum Yum says that line that he says later, much later in the movie, which you think would have come earlier, which is, you have to do it, Mio. You have to defeat the evil knight. And that's why he decides to set off on his quest. That that's that would be, have been much a much more coherent way to, to progress the plot. But they don't do it. Yeah. So it feels weak right from the start, and it continues weakly all through the movie. Also, Mio's dad's a bad dad because like he doesn't send anyone to help Mio except for yeah the gardener's son. <laughs> we don't know if that's <laughs> that's what his dad does, but Yum Yum go is the only escort for Mio. Mm, I wonder if um it seems like his dad was like his dad his does dad was have super, soldiers super keen for Mio to come to the island but maybe that was just because he knew he was going to go off and deal with some like <laughs> bad credit problems he had that yeah. he was racking up that he knew Mio was going to come and deal with for him because of the prophecy well yeah anyway so what happens next yeah he gets a horse he gets his on his horse gets his magical horse so Mio and Yum Yum travel um and now the movie's not very long so there's no there's no real character development in this mm. movie. So they travel and we assume, we're just going to have to assume that there's behind the scenes stuff that we don't get to see where Mio and Yum Yum become very close. They develop a friendship and a, dependent, a codependency on oh, each other. Oh, I'll stop you there, um, Ree. They do share a pretty amazing ride across the bridge on their horse together. That's pretty, developed quite a bond. Develops a bond. Pretty long them. bridge. Riding the balls over the bridge. Yeah, I probably have a lot to talk about on that super long bridge that I guess connects their island to the evil other island. Evil island. It's yeah. an evil island. It's an evil island. Or the mainland. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just because um, the 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 points they hit in in the plot are that they go across a bridge, they go to the forest of the moon, or I actually don't know what the forest was called. I'm sorry. They are uh, they go to where the evil knight lives, they get a sword, they d- they go into the castle. and But it happens really quickly, like it happens over like mm. 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, possibly even less, I don't know. It, it just seems really quick, like they've got these points to hit, but they don't spend any time developing the character or the or the um, relationships between the characters or anything. So yeah, and I guess that's because it's a kid's movie and kids don't really care about that. Once they see that Yum Yum and, and Mio are friends, they're like, great, they're best friends, they're going to do anything for each other. So they don't need that development. And maybe that's why we may need to give it a bit of slack in that area. So yeah. I will. Let, let's let's give it a bit of slack and move on. They go to the Forest of the Moon. They meet the Weaver Woman who gives uh, Mio a magical invisibility cloak, which, of course, he doesn't realize is an invisibility cloak until later well, on Well, she never movie. tells him. She never tells him that the she cloak wants, she's giving. She wants him to figure it out, Tarek. She wants him to, to use the courage in his heart to figure out that it's an invisibility cloak. Well, yeah. Cloak. Well, it could have really stuffed up her, um, I don't know, the rescue attempt for all the kids if he didn't figure it out. She has an invested interest, of course, because one of her kids is has been stolen. Has been taken Kato. by So this Kato. is when this is when we find out that um oh no, we find out the magic wishing well that Kato takes the children. But, for what reason we'll never find out. Well we have to assume that um he has some sort of fascination with um, <laughs> with children with with small children. <laughs> with let's, small let's not get into that too much. This is a family podcast, but all the the only reason that's ever given is that Carto would wants to collect all the children in his castle. It's really odd. It is really odd. For what reason? Because and he t- turns a lot of them into crows as well. The ones that don't. I don't uh, know if they're even crows. They're just birds. Oh, okay, birds. He oh yeah, because they're white. So maybe yeah. they're crows. Um. 
if they don't do it says that if they don't do his bidding if they don't agree to do his bidding which is just be stupid guards that's all they, they, that's all they do they, in the castle they're like, if they don't do his bidding, they turn into crows. Uh, birds. Seagulls, maybe. They look like seagulls. Yeah, they're probably seagulls. Pretty annoying They're not bird. real seagulls, though, of course. They're model model seagulls. Are they CGI or are they just like puppets? No, they're Muppets? just like pu- puppets. They're, they're not even puppets. They're just like um, the sort of ornaments you'd find on a Christmas tree, like something that's... You put seagulls on your Christmas tree? No, but like they're that sort of thing. They're like a few feathers glued on to like a polystyrene ball or something. Yeah, well, it didn't win the Oscar for special effects that year. I can tell you that. So, um, they get the magical invisibility cloak from the Weaver Woman. Which in the they, forest, don't, they just think room. it's a nice looking cloak. They don't know it's um, magical in any way. Um, I actually have a, 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 a just a line that, um, a few lines that are said... I'm frightened, Yum Yum. Why me? Only a male child of royal blood can fight the evil knight. Only a king's son. It annoys me how Yum Yum <laughs> says a king's son. He doesn't say prince. Why does that annoy you? I just think the the writers think that kids don't know what a prince is. They so use they said complicated language. A king's son. They probably just didn't think about it, Tarek. I I think they did, and they were like, kids are dumb. Kids know what princes are. Yeah, I know. I think the writers were like, well, they won't know what this word is. I probably just it probably just fit with the um, the like beat of that of that um. Yeah, scene. It, re- it really did. On no, I mean, it probably thought. fit with like the number of syllables and the lines he was saying or something. Very poetic. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know. You're defending this movie. Well, you're saying something that's like a really small, minor thing. Like they use this word instead of this word, which is, even though it's a synonym, I I don't accept that they use this word. It just it's just one of it's the. It's a many... stupid reason for for like disliking the movie. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but that's a stupid reason for disliking the movie. And uh, you're good on Yunyum to like just deliver this part of the prophecy now. Like Yeah, it's like they haven't talked about it before now and then and now the characters and us as the audience are like, Oh, that's what they're doing. Thanks for telling us. <laughs> so after the Forest of the Moon, they save an old man. So they go they go deeper, like they leave the forest and go into the badlands. They mm. like Alright, we're gonna do this. The trees are dead in the forest. And so they they just hear this guy. Is he like screaming? He's crying or or screaming in a cave Hmm. in the Badlands. So they decide to check it out. Yeah. They have their horse stolen while they're in the cave. Yeah. And they're chased by bad guys. Yeah. So they they, they get more information from the old guy, don't they? They, He tells them to go and get a magical sword. From like the... The one blacksmith on the uh, the in island, the whole country. Yeah, in the whole country. So they do that. They go to the they go to the blacksmith's cave. They're being chased by uh, Kato's men, who are like pretty nefarious, like child catchers. There's just like a gang of guys who like hear that two kids are in the land, so they they're like, yes, two more kids we can like kidnap. <laughs> so it's like a almost like fifty strong band of men like scouring the land for these two kids. Well, they're probably on a hunt or something. They're doing something else. They're not just looking for kids. They're not just scouring. I the think forest they. For kids. I think they have to like just scour the the forest for like kids. That's their job. They're kid catchers. <laughs> they're the child catchers. They're the child catchers. But yeah, they find they find the blacksmith. They get lost though in the cave, and they have to play their magical flutes. The the pair of magical flutes they've been given to find each other. It's really romantic actually. They hold hands actually when they're walking through the forest earlier. If you if you notice them walking through, they're actually holding hands at one point. It's quite nice. 
So they use the the magical flutes to find each other in the cave. It's so obvious they're not playing their flutes. Yeah. You can like see when they're blowing on it, they're like they're just like just kind of blowing in general, and they're kind of like moving the flute like back and floor, uh, back and forward. They're like pan flute. It's not, it's not a flute, flute. It's like a little pan flute. Yeah, thing. it's a pan flute. So yeah. they're moving like back and forth, like they know how to play it. <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> it's really obvious they're not playing it. Um, and then so after the blacksmith, they get the magical sword which cuts through stone. And why do they need a magical sword which cuts through stone, Tarek? Because Kato's heart. Is stone. Kato's heart is made of stone. So is it Kato or Kato? I think it's Kato. Kato. They get to the castle. And this is the part, of course, where they have to sneak around and the bird catches fire. The part no, that, I think... The part that was the our ca- least favorite part. I think it's funny. The, the castle is located in the middle of a lake, like on a little um, piece of land. Yum Yum has to row. It's like just agreed upon that. Yum <laughs> yeah. Yum will row. Well, he's the servant boy. <laughs> yeah. Neo's the prince. He doesn't have to do any rowing. He's like Bro, Sam. He doesn't know how to do any rowing. He's like what Sam is to Frodo. He's just like he does the grunt work. Mm. I feel like that's where Lord of the Rings drew a lot of... Um... Yeah. Even though the movie came out after Lord of the Rings was written. Yeah, but but the movie came out before the Lord of the Rings. Movie, oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of that emphasis was sort of drawn from Mio and Yum Yum's relationship. I oh, think. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, Yum Yum Hestero. I like that. Yeah. So they sneak around the castle though, like the outside of the castle. And would you say it was daytime in this part it was of like the movie? Evening. But anyway, so the guards are kind of watching from the castle walls, and they have like flame torches that they're kind of like waving around just to like see. I don't know, their surroundings better, but it's the middle of the day. No, it's like evening. Do you think it's dusk? It's like dusk, yeah. So maybe like, maybe it's just so poorly lit in this film that it was supposed to be nighttime, mm. but it's like as clear as day. Mm. Mm. Could be, could and, be. And this is the point where one of the guards, on purpose or by accident, just lights it's a bird like on one fire. One of the birds goes to like distract them because the birds, being, of course, the children that Kato has turned into birds, mm. they know that Mio and Yum Yum are trying to get in to save them. So they're like trying to distract the guards. Oh, I didn't so, like, get I didn't one pick of them, that up. One of the birds flies at the guard and then he like catches it on fire. Yeah, and that's a child that's just been killed. And not it's 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 violent. It's it's horrific. He yeah. catches this bird on flat fire, it's burning, it falls down to the ground, and you, then you see a shot of this like evidently not a real bird, but it's like burning and you know that it's a child dying it's horrible yeah that's one of the more upsetting moments that was really upsetting child murder is always sad it was really upsetting yeah. in a kid's movie as well I didn't, a family movie i didn't expect to see that in a family but movie. i guess it's a bird so they got it past the senses they're like yep we'll slip that one right through but they get in though how do they get in do they just find like find a, a little door entrance somewhere they find a door but they are of course immediately captured because they suck at sneaking i think kato just like he senses something he's like a sith lord he senses it well he is a sith lord yeah darth tyrannus yeah yeah he's he, a sith lord yeah he is a sith he knows he senses something good is coming his way yes yeah, so they so get they, inside they uh take he takes them to his judgment room where he tells them that he's going to put them in prison yeah and it's full of his like kid lackeys yeah these are the kids kid soldiers yeah these are the kid soldiers who um i don't know they they have bent to as well they haven't been made into birds it's kind of sad to he see get, those kids they yeah so there's he, a few adults though there's like a lot of kids and then there's a few adults who are like they were just like yeah i'll, I'll get a take a job it's very much like um indiana jones temple of doom how there's like a few adults like just With, herding yeah, all the, herding kids the kids to work yeah, the mines yeah that's exactly what it's like actually but this just makes the the evilness of kato and why he's doing it really really strange like or 
not very logical because all the kids are doing is being guards in they're this not, castle. They're not mining they're not like m- in Indiana Jones when they're like working the mines. You're like, okay, he had to get the child workers to, to dig up the stones. Yeah. Sure. But in this, they're, all they're doing is that he has a ridiculous number of guards for his little castle where on this island where there's no one else even there. It's just extra mouths to feed. Then like, why, does he, why does he need that many soldiers? Yeah. And, the only, the only and they're ineffective. They're ineffective soldiers as well. And they never age because he's been doing this for thousands of years. The, the only thing I can think is that he, he just really enjoys having a lot of children, a lot of young children around in his castle. Makes him feel real youthful. Maybe, maybe. Well, <laughs> surely that would make him feel old. I don't know. I don't know why. It's really not explained and, and makes you question what the point of this whole quest is. Mm. Why he's he doing Why is Kato doing this? What's, he's obviously a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's told his guards, if you want to light a, a bird child on fire, you, you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead and do that. I don't care. I'm not getting any profit out of this. You do what you want. Uh, do we say? Is this the point where we see Kato has a claw hand as yeah, well? Yeah, he's got a hand. He's claw like got a hand. He's got a good hand, and then he's got like a metal claw hand as well. So of course, this is Christopher Lee's uh, introduction to to the screen. Steals the scene. Steals the scene. Um. Yeah. So he throws the. The do-gooders into a dungeon. He he mentions, of course, that they'll die in dungeon because it only takes one night in his castle to die of hunger. <laughs> yeah, it's a magical. <laughs> it's dungeon. a magical castle. It's a, yeah, very. And magical. there you die if you don't eat for a day. For a day. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Yum Yum actually does spend over an entire night in prison and doesn't doesn't even look worse for wear. So I don't know how that sort of fitted in. Yeah, it gets well into daytime and he hasn't had anything to eat. But he's still alive yeah. and kicking. But anyway, like I think, I think they escaped the prison because the the birds again help them out by. Yeah, they pick up the two like birds pick up the sword because Kato chucks his magical sword out the window, but the birds pick it up and like drop it into the into the window of the dungeon so that um Mio can take it and then break out of prison. Yeah, he doesn't take Yum Yum with him though. He just leaves. Yum he Yum leaves him there to chill out for a bit. He'll deal with the problem. Yeah, then come back for Yum Yum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of sneaking around and levitating sword um, shenanigans, like cutting down bolts, getting through. Uh, oh, it's because levitating because he's got an invisibility cloak. Yeah, except when he wields a sword, then you can see his hands. Do you yeah. notice that? Yeah, but yeah. that's because his hands are sticking out of the cloak. Oh, okay, yeah. I like it when he takes a torch and has it out of the cloak so that the guards think that there's a floating torch and they all get scared and run off. He must have that very carefully so not to take his hands out. Mm, yeah. But like have the... He's a smart kid. And this Neo is, is a smart and kid. And this is why you don't hire uh, predominantly kids to be your guards. I don't think they're hired. I think they're like slave press, press ganged into like... <laughs> press ganged into be, But like the, he's the only prisoner in the castle that we see as well so it must which be is a- why you question why there are they, they tell you how many guards are watching his cell it's like 42 guards seven times seven guards or something <laughs> 49 49 guards 49 guards like watching why you cell. question why there are that many guards watching his cell and the only answer you can come up with is because there's way too many bloody guards no wonder Cato seems sort of depressed it's like he knows he's like a failure of a villain he's just like he's got he's not even doing anything <laughs> he's like with stealing his- children no one no ends. yeah like none of the villagers have asked for a ransom so he's just like got a very poor business model <laughs> <laughs> no it's because the villagers think that he's too evil and he wouldn't he wouldn't sell them for a ransom yeah whereas he's like did he i not make it cl- he's not like did i not make it clear that if they offered me money i would give their <laughs> children for children back yeah okay so it, but mio defeats him yeah mio finds kato and they have 
an epic sword battle. Epic Which battle. is on par with uh, Star Wars and you hope episode four, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader sword you mean fight. When it, like, well, you mean when Obi-Wan Kenobi turns around full circle really slowly so that Darth Vader it's, has a lot of time yeah, to whack him in the back? Well, it's like a, a child actor and a very old person having a sword fight. So, of course, it's going to be real slow. Mm. Both are slow. Yeah, it's a very slow sword fight. Yeah. Uh, and there's a fireball mixed mixed in there as well. Kato fires a fireball. But Mio wins. Yeah. yeah. Does he stab him? Yeah. Uh, right through the heart? Yeah, that's right. He kind of... Yeah, Mio must disarm him. And he like starts to creep forward with his claw arm. And kind of delivers a, you can't kill me. I'm just sort of like you. I'm not that evil kind of a spiel. Or like someone will come in my place. And, oh, yeah. And be evil. Yeah. yeah. Evil will always win. And then he stabs him through the heart. And then um, Kato turns to stone and crumbles away. That would mess me up if I was at Mio's age and I had to stab an old man <laughs> through the heart. <laughs> evil or not. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. He's the hero. He's, he's got, been. He's, he's got courage. Yeah, he's got courage in his heart. He's been desensitized to that mm. sort of thing. So, of course, all the once Kato's magic is broken, all the birds turn back into children, including the dead one, which becomes alive again. Does it become alive yeah, again? Yeah, it becomes alive again. Do you see that? Yeah, you do. Oh, that's nice. That's nice, yeah. Oh. So all the children get to go home. All 50 of them. It's probably like 25. <laughs> it's probably like... Well, in the story, you hear that Kato's been up to this for thousands of years. Does it say thousands of yeah, years? Yeah, he, said, he sure? says thousands of years. I feel like he'd be even older than he was. Yeah, I think he's got magic. There's magic, Just yeah. because. And That's what like, he's only, saying. He's that, only stolen like 50 to 25 kids. kids. Yeah. But you, you, you're right about that the whimsy, the magical whimsy is uh, is lacking because they've got magic in the background where they're like, well, this happens because, you know, magic, mm. but they don't actually show you anything cool. And you know why I think that is? It's the same reason that Star Trek, like in the next nine, you always want, okay, for anyone who watches Star Trek, there's one character who is magical and he can turn into a liquid and you always want him to use that ability. Yeah. It's like, excuse me, you could definitely get through that door because you can turn into a liquid and you slide under the floor. You could always magic. solve this problem with your liquid magic thing, but they don't want to use the special effects to like do it because they don't want to spend too much money. So he never uses his magical liquid powers, which is probably the same reason why in, in Mio they never use visible magic because they're like wow that'll cost too much let's just allude to it in the background which makes for a really boring and yet a movie that's really boring and yet doesn't make sense at the same time because yeah. all the sense is like explained away by magic you never see and it and you though. never see it you never see it you never take you never see him like sacrifice the children to make him younger or take like a magic potion or anything like this that would have like helped give the film more logic i would have mm. i felt or more reason for like uh, Mio having to... Anything just happened. anything, yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, all's happy in the end, though. They, Yum Yum is okay, even though he yeah, was... Yeah, he's okay. He was in the he dungeon, was in the dungeon for, for more than a night. Cause it, but he's okay. But he's okay. Which is good. Because he's probably got courage as well. And yeah, you can do anything if you've got courage in your heart. <laughs> you can survive a night in a so dungeon. So they get to go back home to heart. Three Meadows Island. And yeah. Mio decides to stay and not go back to his aunt and uncle. Well, I don't think he's given the option to, but who would? Well, he mentions it in his uh, narrative. I would too, I think. Would you stay? Yeah, I mean... Would you stay in Three Meadows Island? Yeah, I'd stay in Three Meadows Island. I want to know who commissioned the bridge from one island to the other. Yeah? The bridge that connects the evil and bad kin- kingdom together. Because that's a very big bridge, and I don't think, I don't know, the good island, Three Meadow Island, has any economy whatsoever. It doesn't seem like they've... I mean, there's some kids making bread and tending the sheep. 
their economy is really seems like it's non-existent. Yeah, well, it's a fantasy land. I want to know who paid for the bridge because I don't think um, the king could afford it because he's not trading with anyone. Evidently. But his house wasn't really a palace. It was more like a large house. Just like a large house. But yeah, that's some fine bridge making. Maybe so, it's like leftovers from a more even magical time. Could be. Yeah. So let's move on. Um, how does this movie, how does it compare? So how does it compare to other movies? Probably best we're thinking to compare it to other movies similar. Mm. So how does it compare to late 80s live action family movies? Well, what are the, what are some examples we've got? The Princess Bride, which is fantastic. Labyrinth, The NeverEnding Story, Legend, Willow. Yeah, I this would be kind of like right at the bottom, really. Well, yeah. There's like no whimsy. There's no wonder um, characters don't sing and dance, really. Well, I was thinking maybe the reason I know about... I've never watched The NeverEnding Story, but I have watched... Mm. Labyrinth, The Princess Bride, Willow, and Legend. But maybe the reason I've watched those is because they're more well-known ones. Mm. So maybe we're maybe we're comparing it to the to the movies that really stood out in that the A grade and the A grade movies of that uh, time time genre. Yeah. So maybe I, I guess you can't say that means it's an unfair comparison. I but guess it, what you can say is that Mio was a shit movie compared to the other movies, which would it didn't yeah. it didn't make much money either. If we um. Like it cost like fifty five million dollars to make, and it only made about half of that back. So I think the audience sort of decided it was pretty shit as well at the time. Mm. Um, the the other thing, of course, is that I watched Labyrinth, The Princess Bride, and Willow when I was a kid. Yeah. So to me, those always have some sort of nostalgic um you can charm for, you can them. forgive the flaws yeah, that it might I mean, have the special personally, effects personally i think those those movies are great on on their own even even when watched as, as an adult yeah. but but i am aware that there is some sort of nostalgic veneer over the top of them that makes me think they're amazing yeah. whereas um i've never seen the never ending story but we did watch legend when I, when i was a few years ago when yeah. i was an adult yeah. and i remember thinking that was of course not nearly as good as something like labyrinth yeah. even though it's usually in the box dvd set at the warehouse with um the new zealand warehouse with uh, labyrinth yeah. comes in like a, a box thing but i remember it being not nearly as good because it didn't have that that same quality to it for me but yeah but so maybe i can compare legend to this movie which for me Tom Cruise being a young kid had the same sort of novelty, novelty factor. factor as Christian Bale being <laughs> yeah. a young kid, although it was, I think, on the whole, a better movie. It, it did have more whimsy, yeah. Had more magic, had more mythical creatures, comprehensible storyline. It was funnier. I think all those mo- movies like are scarier, funnier, had yeah. like more logic. Yeah. Legend had unicorns. Yeah, that's true. I love yeah. unicorns. Yeah. So I think we can both agree that. What Mio in the Land of Faraway was trying to do was was become one of these movies, and it just really did not meet any of the criteria. I blame Chernobyl. <laughs> That's horrible. So, um, the last question: How did Christian Bale do in this movie? Oh, a lot better than Bussa. I think Christian Bale was the only thing. Okay, Christopher Lee. Okay, Christopher Lee and Christian Bale were the only thing which makes this movie even available on YouTube, even available to to be watched, even considered to be watched by anyone. Yeah, I think this... this if it probably... weren't for those two actors, this movie would be literally in the rubbish bin right now. Yeah, I think anyone hiring actors for um, children's movies 
would have seen Christian Bale's performance and gone, okay, I think he's actually pretty good. Well, that's, Let's get I mean, him on. I think, this same... was, I think this is like a huge... He could use this as a huge audition tape but later that's, in his That's career. exactly what happened. In the same yeah. year as this movie was made, he was hired to do um, Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Well, which the, is a great movie. The people who made this bunch of crap probably kicked themselves for not putting him in the lead role. Even still, it would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but but overall, he was the uh, one of the only things that yeah. made it. How did he do? Underused. Um, yeah, pretty good for a kid actor. Better very, than very good for a kid actor. I mean, I'm putting him above Jake Lloyd. Good. Anakin I'd say Skywalker. I'd say good for an actor. Like he he acts well. I think good. He he acts good for an actor. He doesn't he overact acts, the pudding. He acts great for a kid actor because there are a lot of bad kid actors. When you get a good kid actor, it's very rare. So I think he acts amazing for a kid actor and, mm. and good as an actor. He doesn't overdo it. He, he doesn't does, overdo yeah, it. he doesn't overdo it. And he survives the night in the dungeon, which I think, yes. if anyone can do that, I think shows promise. Yeah, it shows courage yeah. in their heart. <laughs> it shows courage in their heart. So that is Mio in the Land of Faraway. Let's look at Days and Confuse. Let's skip right over to the next movie we saw this week, which is Dazed and Confused. Okay, Dazed and Confused. So this is the Matthew McConaughey movie. He doesn't star in it, but he's a supporting hes a supporting actor. He's not an extra. Uh, and this is like his breakout role. So this is why I thought it was important for this to be the first Matthew McConaughey film. Uh, just to give a brief plot outline before we dive in. Uh, it's the last day of high school in America. And the junior students are becoming, are becoming seniors so as new zealanders we don't quite understand but we i think really don't understand the second to last year is called junior for some reason and the last year of course is seniors this is what wikipedia told us yeah right? so they are becoming senior high school students Basically, and they're really the main characters we are, think we think the year 12s are becoming year 13s but we don't know because they could be the year 13s finishing school forever yeah and leaving they but could the reason be. we think they're in their second to last year moving into their last year is because they talk about going to football for That's another right. year. That's right. So everyone's really excited. Sorry, though. continue talking, please. They're very excited because they're finishing school, obviously, and they get to haze the junior high school students who are coming into high school next year. So it's like a big rite of passage. They were hazed themselves, and now they're looking forward to hazing the fresh crop. How many years ago the was fresher that crop. that they were hazed? I think four years as American <laughs> okay. high school is for four years. I am so confused. Unlike New Zealand high school. high school. And unlike Japanese high school, which I, I, I'm so confused between the three systems. That's right. New Zealand high school, five years. Japanese, three. America, four. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. For some reason. Okay. So they're very excited about the hazing. Uh, they find the freshers, uh, beat them up or humiliate them. And then some of them invite some of the hazed to party later that night. And they do. That's basically the movie. They, it's a big party movie. They, they do party. They consume a lot of alcohol, which they shouldn't, because they are, even if they are 18, to what I understand, America has a 21 age uh, drinking restriction. So okay, they shouldn't so be I, drinking I at all. I watched the movie from the wrong point of view. I thought that the seniors were allowed to be drinking because they were 18. Yeah. So well, you think that nobody should be drinking. Well, here's the thing. The someone someone in the movie, one of the adults, seems to think eighteen is the legal drinking age, 
but I know for a fact it's 21. So maybe they changed. Maybe well, after maybe, the 70s what, what, they changed. This movie was made in the early 90s, right? Yeah, but it's set about, in the 70s. About the 70s, so maybe they were allowed to drink in the 70s. Yeah, maybe they, they bumped it. They bumped it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because the general feeling of the movie is that the seniors should be allowed to be drinking, but the juniors shouldn't be. Yeah. But they do. But they do, yeah. And they get high, and they all drink and drive, and they all get really high and drive as well. And the seniors are allowed to drive as well, but the juniors are not allowed to drive. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway, that's the that's the I think that's the general plot outline of the movie. To be fair, I think we can sum this one up quite quickly. They, they have a party. They want to throw a party. They have a party. They throw a party and then the party disperses and you you're giving it too much credit. They have a party is the movie. They have a party. It's okay. nice. It's a party movie. So Overall, did you like this movie, Tarek? I did. I had a I had a wee beverage while I was watching it. And it helped me get into the party mood. <laughs> How about you? Do you like it? Um. Well, considering we just watched Mio in the Land of Far Away. Mm, great movie. I'm gonna say, which was a horrible movie. I'm gonna say it was okay. It was a palate cleanser. Yeah, I didn't think it was great. I mean, it, I thought it was pretty weak, like in terms of plot, because all I did was have a party. But mm. it was, I mean, it was fun. It was some funny moments. There was, did you laugh at least six times? Is that the test? I think that's the test for a good comedy. Did you laugh six times? Well, yeah. every time Matthew McConaughey was on screen, we laughed. Yeah, I think that's I laughed. more than six I times. I think I laughed six times. So I'd say it was funny. It succeeded it as being a comedy. It then. wasn't like an amazing movie, but it, was, it wasn't bad. Are you gonna watch, you're not going to watch it again? I'm then. not going to watch it again. You wouldn't but watch it again. I'd say if someone asked me how it was, I'd say, yeah. Would, which you, I say, guess would anyone, you say it was all right, all right, all right? Anyone watching this podcast might be asking us what we thought, which is, I guess it was all right, all you right, You guess right. it was all right, all right, all right? <laughs> yeah. Or was it kind of like angry, though? It was all right, all right, all, all right. All right, all right. All right. See, I think it's an A-class movie when McConaughey's on, and then like it drops down to a good B when uh, he's not on screen. <laughs> he was the funniest thing in the movie. I've got to admit that. He stole the show. I came into this podcast with an open mind about who was going to win, mm-hmm. and I've got to say he was the funniest thing in that in that movie. Yeah, he was pretty good. What was the best and worst part of the movie? Uh, what for you was the best and worst part of the movie? Best thing is the... The creepiness of um, the male-female interaction. So, uh, I guess that's the best and worst, but actually. So, like, bum slapping is okay. So, like, the guys, like, sexually harass the girls. They, like, give the girls a good old, like, cheeky slap and, like, a good old, like, pinch as well. And the girls sort of, like, just, like, uh, giggle it off and, like, kind of scurry away sort of thing. Um so that's kind of like the best and worst bit. It's like, yes, this is the 70s. That's very accepted. You just don't linger on the bum slap. Maybe pause for two seconds anymore in its harassment, but you're allowed a good two seconds. Oh, yeah, I did like, I did like the uh, 70s clothing. It was quite good. They're flared. Lots of flared, lots of flared. O- open shirts. Yeah, that was good. One character literally had his shirt open for the entire film. Mm. Pretty nice. I wouldn't say nice, but... He had a six-pack. Yeah, he had like a weedy six pack. He's very wiry, very mm. wiry character. What was the worst part for you? Oh, um, I think just the nerds in the film made me feel Cringe? quite self-conscious about my own That's high school days. Of all the people in this movie, you were so the nerd guy. Yeah, I think in, in high school, I probably could relate to the nerds the most. So, 
I felt a little self-conscious. You were the nerd guy and I was the nerd girl. I would have never been able to go to a party like That's they the thing, did. Though, that the nerds went to the party, whereas in high school, I didn't even go to the party. <laughs> no, I, we were, I would not have been invited to I that party. I remember hearing about like the drinking parties in high school. Everyone was like, yeah, they've got alcohol, man. Everyone's going to have alcohol. And I was like, I'm too nerdy to go. <laughs> I think um, I would have been only invited like the nerds were invited because they were with their hot friend and the hot friend got invited what the girl yeah yeah and then yeah, they see, got invited see, by proxy i was i was a nerdy girl but i wasn't even like a hot nerdy girl so oh. i didn't get invited to anything <laughs> no, you, had to, you had to hang out with the hottie and then you could the hot go nerdy girl <laughs> yeah my group of friends none of us were the hot nerdy girl oh. we were all just the nerdy nerds yeah, sad days sad, sad days sad days well maybe i like to live vicariously through the students in this movie, like, yeah. Pretend that that's what happened in high school. Yeah, we New had Zealand fun. high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely different situation like to begin with. people getting stoned in the middle of school. Well, I feel like in a New Zealand high school, the football team, which obviously we didn't have a football team, the first the 11 rugby, rugby team. The rugby team. The first 11 rugby team. What, your girls' high school? Well, we didn't actually have a rugby team. We then your hockey team. Uh, the hockey team wasn't the coolest team, though. I don't know what the coolest sport. Well, it probably wasn't the same. But if you were in a mixed gender school, it would have been like the first eleven rugby. Yeah, team. that it was that was like the, the cool jocks at my school. But like they which... they wouldn't they're not that's not quite the same as the American jocks. They weren't like worshipped as royalty in the school, were they? They were cool, no. but they weren't like worshipped as royalty. It's because my town didn't care about the local rugby team. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess it wasn't the best team either. Maybe if you went, maybe if you there was only one high school in your town, like the movie. Maybe your rugby slash football team would be heralded as, like, the greatest thing on earth. I guess. I guess. Maybe. We'll have to ask the people of Greymouth on the West Coast about that. <laughs> How they think of their high school rugby team. <laughs> the the Greymanes uh, high school team. <laughs> rugby team. Um. But yeah, no. So, in my school, people were very indifferent about the jocks at our school. Yeah, I don't think they were the... They, they couldn't get away with murder. Like, the high school... The jocks at the school. I'm trying to think who were the coolest people at the school, like what they did. I think the people that just threw the parties. Yeah, so I feel like, like at my school. Are was you rich enough to throw a party? Because I went to and an are all, your parents cool with that? I went to an all girls school. I feel like it was the girls who were the sluttiest was the coolest. Hmm. They were like, I've got a boyfriend and I totally had sex with him, and everyone was like, cool. <laughs> I want to hear about I it. I want to hear about <laughs> it. Yeah, so maybe not quite the same situation. So my favorite part of the movie was um, probably the when Matthew McConaughey comes on screen for the first time because the whole movie up till then I was waiting for it. I was like, is You're he waiting, even... We're waiting for McConaughey. Well, I was like, you told me he was in this movie and I was like, is he going to be in this movie? When is he coming? <laughs> 40 minutes and in. 40 minutes in, he turns <laughs> up and he he's, he turned up with a bit of a bang. So that was I, I probably... With a bit of a moustache. Yeah, I enjoyed that part. It was probably my favorite part. It's a nice blonde moustache. You got to look mm. real hard to he find will, it. The thing was, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to being in the Christian Bale camp. Mm. I wasn't expecting to enjoy his performance, but um, he's uh, twenty. Do you think he I was think? a hot? Was he a hottie? I think he's. I think I can't remember. I think he's twenty three in the movie. Do you remember Tyra? Oh, I think as an as a person, Matthew McConaughey is like twenty four. Twenty four. And I think his characters around the same age, like twenty two, twenty three, uh, mm, twenty four. I think yeah, and I think. At that age, he was actually quite attractive. I don't think he's an attractive guy, but back mm. then he was he was quite good looking. So quite dapper. So I guess it took me by surprise, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll ride this roller coaster." But do you think his character isn't as a hot person? I his think his character is seed, such a loser, such a seedy loser, right? His, so his character, um, the the high school kids are having a party. He is not in high school. 
He is 24, maybe the same age as his, as the actor. Uh, yeah, we may be from New Zealand, but we believe high school stops at 18 years old for most countries. Um, And he still wants to hang out with the high school kids because he doesn't have anything better to do. He's a fixture at their high school rec center. Yeah, yeah. So he just turns up and has a party with them. Yeah. And he, he's I not won- even in high school. I wonder why he wants to hang out with them. Maybe is it to pick up the ladies? It's because he likes the high school girls. <laughs> he likes the high school girls. <laughs> um, so that was probably the best part. <laughs> Just like his seediness. I like his seediness. It was funny. Was um, there anyone at your high school that was kind of like, or maybe you didn't, you didn't go to a co-ed school or go to many parties, so maybe you didn't know. <laughs> In my school, I didn't. I didn't think there was like a seedy older guy that hang out with us. No, I don't think that was a thing. Really. Maybe it's just small town. Yeah, sort of maybe, syndrome. maybe. Mm. My, my, I lived in a small town, but maybe Th- there was no cedars that like sifted on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they um, didn't go all right, all right, all right. The worst part of the movie for me. Uh-huh. Um, ooh. Do you like the music? Or did you hate the music? No, I liked the music. It was a cool soundtrack. I thought that, I thought that overall, the, the the soundtrack was they they played music basically the whole way through the movie. Oh, they had to. So like I, they had to keep they, you buzzed. Once they stopped a song, they started the next song. And overall, most of them were they were in the rhythm of the movie. They're classics um, as well. They were classics, yeah. classic old songs, and I enjoyed it. I mean, none of them were songs that I personally love, but they were all like I was. I was bopping my head along the whole way through. So I think the yeah. soundtrack was actually... I wrote on that point. down as being one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. The soundtrack point, was yeah. on point, yeah. Was there any character that, like, riled you up? Did the you just, nerds. Like, hate it? it was probably the nerds as well, like, because I knew that I was a nerd. So the nerds include Tony, who's the albino with glasses. I don't think he's an albino. He's just got blonde hair. Very white skin. There's the girl, the redhead, who Cynthia. is... Cynthia. And then there's the guy who gets into a fight Mike. later. That's Mike. Mike, Mike yeah. is the most annoying. I didn't like Tony because that was what, like, that was the <laughs> only option for me to have a boyfriend when I was in high school. Well, the nerds. I didn't have, like, I had a boyfriend, but I didn't really, uh, guys didn't notice me because I was, like, dorkier than Also Cynthia. at an all-girls school. And also at an all-girls school. Kind of harder. But, like, the, the character of Tony was the only sort of option I had for trying to, like, uh, catch a boyfriend at that age yeah. and so like it just reminds me of being in high school and like how i used to try and hang out with boys like that and be like yeah let's go out and they even they turned me down so i didn't like his character i found him to be greasy and disgusting yeah but navel gazy all the nerds are a bit he, um, he uh started kissing the younger girl so how old how so how old is he he's like so he's 17 18 he, he's 17 18 and how old is I'd his say, fresher i'd say 17 Yes. Because he's at the beginning of that year. Yeah. And so then she is 14. Ooh. 13, 14. That's too young. That's too. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. Even even when I was that age, it was that would have been like very creepy. Yeah, I think that's creepy. That that's is, why I didn't like his character. No. It was a bit... It was a different time then, I guess, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so um, let's look at uh, the, the best parts of... Of the movie as a sequence. Yeah, okay. So, um, beginning of the movie, uh, the last day of high school, we are introduced to all the types of students. So, the jocks, the nerds, the party kids, including the, the their drug dealer. The stoners. Yeah. And then just the rest. There's the hot girls as well. Oh, and, and the hot girls. Yeah, yeah. okay. Everyone's sleeping and through the, high school. Uh, the junior high schoolers. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was what surprised me. They were all like getting that sex 
And I was like, really? Because in high school, I won't. So the jocks boast. So the jocks are all boasting about their the action they've gotten. Anyway, so they're also in wood in woodshop. They're making bongs. Oh yeah! Would you think blatantly that, making that bongs would, that would have in woodshop? <laughs> that would not have flown at our uh, you know, woodshop. I've got a confession lesson. to make. No one even offered me drugs in the whole of high school. I was never even offered drugs. It, it seems at this high school that like if you just like crawled around on the floor for a bit, you'd probably find like a patch of like marijuana or something like mm. this. Very unsavory high school. Or very savory, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> so um. We're introduced to um, the junior high schoolers as well. Oh, I think they're also a group of characters I didn't like in the film. Because they're like... They're like, annoying. Yeah. I guess that's very true of to how kids. junior high school students probably are. Very or in, annoying. in New Zealand, that's about intermediate age. Yeah. So. Very annoying year to yeah. um, have to interact with, I think. Mm. Very awkward. Very awkward age. Yeah. Everyone's hitting puberty rather hard. Really hard. Or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the us? <laughs> the case for us? Yeah. We didn't hit puberty to high school. Late oh. high school. Oh, you hit it in high school. Nice. Medium. I mid, mid high school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the students in high school decide to leave. They decide to play hockey and to bunk. And they just go and taunt the junior high school students in their truck. With, like, some sort of loudspeaker. One of them has a loudspeaker. I was wondering how they, they obviously acquired this loudspeaker just I, for the purpose of... Yeah, just for taunting. Taunting. So, they got, the, they got the the taunting loudspeaker. And, they yeah, they declare that if the juniors line up and take their licks, that uh, they'll go easy on them or something like this. Yeah. Anyway, I quite enjoyed that, actually. <laughs> like, the whole town's just like, yeah, they can do that. Yeah, no one seems to care. They go to a baseball game later to wait for some of the juniors. Yeah. And everyone else in the town's like, huh, boys will be boys, I guess. We don't really care. And they've got cricket bats. Yeah, we can, they can bat them with the cricket bats. We don't care. Do you think they are sp- their actual cricket bats or they're just like paddles they of were really, fashioned, which have... They were really short. Like, you saw them, one of them making it one in woodshop, but it was mm. too short to be an actual cricket bat. It was yeah. Just like a paddle. Not heavy enough either. I guess. I don't really cricket know. Bats cricket bats are pretty bats hefty. Are no, not really. Heavy, heftier than a baseball bat. You couldn't, you can't like elegantly swing it around your, your shoulders. Yeah, it's not that heavy. It's made of wood. Okay. All right. Sporto. I played cricket in high school. You've, oh, you did? <laughs> well, okay. I can't, I can't say I played but cricket. I was in the cricket team. That they, doesn't mean I you think, play cricket. I think they, they look like cricket bats, but they didn't intentionally make them like cricket bats. They're not going to have a game of cricket afterwards. No, well, they put holes in them. These are single-purpose bats. They wrote words hitting... on them like, I'm going to get you and stuff. Yeah. That that Nothing like this happens in New Zealand. There's no like... There's... Hazing. I wonder if this actually happened in America. It must have. That sort of situation. Because it seems like this is sort of a realistic portrayal of what happens or did happen. I don't know if it's happen. realistic. I don't know. It's mm. pretty exaggerated. I think it's going to be exaggerated. Yeah. Um. The... The uh, girls get hazed as well in a different way. The the senior girls pick up the junior girls in their trucks, put dummies in their mouths, take them around to the high school, and then pour uh, sauce all over Ke- them. Ketchup and mustard. Yeah, and then make them propose to some of the, uh, the guys that are standing around. The jocks and nerds. Some of the jocks and nerds that are just hanging around looking at the hazing. Just like make make trying to make them humiliated. I think, they, they kind which of, one would you rather be hazed by? Would you rather be a guy and be beaten up or humiliated for longer? I'm and probably, get all probably mucky? beaten up. 
Yeah, because it seems to be over in like under a minute probably. Mm. But the the girls volunteer to be hazed as well. Like they're lining up yeah. and they're asked if they want to get into the truck to be hazed. And they're like, okay. It seems like it's a badge of honor for them. They, they like it. They're like, yeah, we got hazed. I guess the girls know it's a badge of honor and the guys just don't know it yet. Mm, they don't know. Running. It. Yeah, they and they're just not as mature, maybe. Mm. So they don't know they'll look back on it as a badge of honor, but the girls already do because they're a little bit more mature, maybe. You could be right. Yeah. So yeah, I'd rather I'd be. I think we'd both rather be beaten up with a cricket bat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is funny to say. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Whenever. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd ever imagine myself saying I'd rather be beaten up with a cricket bat. But yeah, I think I would be. So after that, um, basically, some one of the girls and one of the guys, one of the junior girls, one of the junior guys gets taken under the wing. I think these are the only two junior high school students seems, that get taken under the like wing. It seems like it. It seems like it. They're the cooler ones. Do you think the ones it, that are deemed to be cool? Do you think the movie has like a lament that um, only one, uh, seen only two seniors decide to take two juniors under their wing? No, I think it's just progressing the narrative of the. Of the movie, which is that, like, we're going to have a party. Sometimes we take younger kids to the party, but we don't want to have too many younger kids running around or else it turns it into not a fun party. Lame party. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that's just, it's not, I don't think it's trying to say anything. Mm. But they they take them on. We see a whole, we see all the different groups of people driving around in their cars. Cruising. Yeah. In cruising. New, in New Zealand, we call it cruising. Like, when you're, when you're in your car, aimlessly meandering around town, just like going from fast food restaurant to wherever convenience store and just sort of like looking for other people who are cruising and kind of just scoping each other out. Yeah. 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 They sometimes see each other in their cars and they like nod to each other. Do you, have you seen in New Zealand those signs that say this is a non-cruising zone? Yeah. <laughs> I think this town would probably benefit from a Some non-cruising zone. <laughs> so eventually they get to the pool hall. Oh, the rec center. The rec center. And oh. that's where we finally, at 40 minutes, 42 minutes into the movie, we finally meet Matthew McConaughey's character. I think he lifts the movie. Well, he definitely lifts the movie. Oh, so his character it. is called Wooderson. We Wooderson. have a wee clip of uh, some of the main characters meeting Wooderson for the first time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you're a freshman, right? Yeah. So tell me, man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks look? <laughs> what, you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that. But No, man. Yeah. No, man, I'll tell you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, that, but when he says, like, the others are like, yes, they do, and he's like, yes, yes they, they do. do. <laughs> I like how they, they admit that he's going to end up in prison someday. <laughs> what is the age of consent in America? Is it 16, like I don't New know. Zealand? I don't know. We're going to assume it's 16, like New Zealand. I we? hope it's 16, because he hits on mostly people who are under 18. Yeah, they, they start... Not many of them are 18. They start high... The juniors are only 14. Oh, he doesn't go after the. He doesn't. Well, he yeah. said, "How's this crop of freshman girls?" Yeah, he does actually. So he's like, "All right, he's all right, doing all right." It. He's so creepy. <laughs> yeah. He's I, going I to people that are underage. As a character, I forgive him though. 
Like, because he's Matthew McConaughey, you sort of like just forgive him and not think about it. You're like, <laughs> I won't think about what he's it's actually so dodgy. Doing. He's like, that's what I love about these high school girls. Oh, it's so creepy. Oh, I keep getting older. They stay the he, um, same. He hits age. on the redhead though a bit later, and she's she's older. 17. She's older than yeah. She's just older than than sixteen. Barely legal. She's barely legal. She's barely legal. She loves it too. Well, she's like, on him. she's like, oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, she kind of does her makeup in here when yeah, she like yeah. he leaves. Yeah, and the nerds are like, yeah, we thought we would be able to go out with you at some point. <laughs> That's why we hang out. <laughs> yeah, shut down. And he says, I love those red heads. I think yeah, someone says yeah, red's a good color on you. That's another That's favorite line. Says, yeah. That's Pink, what he says. Does he say red's a good color on me? No, I can't. Oh, I can't remember. He mm. mentions that he likes the redheads, though. Mm. He does. He does. He does. He does. Okay, what happens next? So they. Oh, okay. So the everyone in high school or in senior high school is invited to a party, but the party gets busted. It gets like uh, broken up by some uh, angry parents. Hmm. So they're just cruising. So around that's somewhere. why they're cruising. They got. They haven't got a party to go to. Mm, yeah. So they decide to throw a kegger. Is the is the is American? That what it's called? I think is the Americans call it a kegger on the park. <laughs> and I guess like all are welcome. I think that's the the joy and also negative side of a kegger. Anyone can come because it's just in a park. That's cool. Yeah. Um, we've got another another week clip as um, Woodison and Pink. Pick Mitch up for the evening. Pick the pick the young junior the high school freshman up for the evening. So um, that's Matthew McConaughey's character and the main character. So mm. we've got another little clip of a classic Matthew McConaughey line. You know Wooderson? Oh. How's it going, man? Hey. Pretty good. How's it going with you? Say, so, hey, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot cooler if you did. Just the way he delivers that line is... It makes me laugh every time I listen he's, to he it. He comes off as, like, all-knowing. He knows it'd be a lot cooler if he did. And he's, like, he's trying to give him some sort of, like, party, like, Tip. wisdom or something. <laughs> like, hey... Always have a joint on you. You'd be a lot cooler. <laughs> oh man, I don't. I never thought I'd enjoy his character in this movie, but something about him just makes He's me. He's got laugh. a charm. He's got South, a charm. Southern charm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh. they um, Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey finds a way to like source some kegs on short notice and get them delivered to the park. And then they... How do they do this without social networking? They just sort of like spread the round, yes, the word around. Yes, everyone's, everyone's cruising around. So when you see someone on the car, you're like, hey, you heard about the party in the park? And everyone's like, oh, sure, let's maybe, meet there. Maybe this is why they were cruising. There's, they don't have a social network site to go to, so they have to cruise to like organize these parties and things and to see what's happening. You have to like go to the, the takeout place and kind of like scope things out. Yeah, they spent a lot of time teens. at A&W or whatever it was. Yeah, like a In-N-Out burger where you drive up, talk to someone on a telephone and they it's come not, to your car. It's not even a drive-thru. It's like a little It's a drive-in. It's like drive a drive-in. Yeah. We saw that in um, Okinawa, the little the A&W like drive-ins where mm. you could drive up and there was like, you just, you just parked there in your car. Yeah. It was like a petrol station, but where you got burgers. Yeah. A lot easier. <laughs> 
That seems really weird. Well, like, do you like eating in your car? Would you go up to one of these places? I don't like eating in my car. No. Because you, like, smell out your car and then you've got to deal with the rubbish It's in like your bed car. and breakfast. I hate that idea. Don't ruin your sheets. Don't ruin, <laughs> don't ruin your upholstery on your car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why these things are popular, but the teens love it. The teens all, love it. They're all going there. They all spread the word around about Wittison's kegger in the park. So, um, Ben Affleck's character gets pranked. Oh, yeah. We haven't really talked about Ben. Benny's in the movie. Ben Affleck turns up. He's like the jerk. He's the jerk. He's the jock jerk. It's kind of funny re- seeing Ben Affleck re- as a young guy being, yeah. being the jerk. Fresh faced. They um they as they're cruising around they like smash a letterbox and some guy tries to chase them with a gun. Yeah, well, like the um all the the freshmen's are kind of getting who've been taken under the wing are getting like initiated into like the more cool kids clique, and the guys get Mitch to throw a bowling ball through a car <laughs> and like they do that. They, and they think all, it's hilarious. They, yeah, they get a good laugh out of it. Um, they go to their party in the park. The uh, nerd guy Mike gets into a fight. Yeah. Oh. That just makes you cringe, eh? You're like. I'm glad he got I the just, shit I just see. Out of I just see us and those nerds because they're like. Would you ever start a fight? I would never start a fight. Oh, of course, I'd start a fight. You know me. I love starting fights. <laughs> would you go up to someone and just like sucker punch them? No, no, I've never done that. Start a verbal fight. Oh, uh, you start. You can uh, verbally undermine them. Mm. Fight. Okay. <laughs> um. Pink hooks up with someone that's not his girlfriend. Yeah, so yeah, he cheats on his girlfriend. Yeah, and they they sort of gloss over that as not being, not seeming to be an important point. <laughs> does he forget about his girlfriend, or does he like use that as an excuse? Because he start he finishes hooking up with her, and she kind of like says, "Hey, what about your girlfriend?" And he goes, "What girlfriend?" He doesn't forget. I think he's just like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. But like later on, he sees her, and she never seems to figure it out. They just never mention it again. They're just like, "Yeah, they're still going out. Whatevs." They don't even try and find each other at the party. It's like after the party that they find each other or towards its very end. Mm. Yeah. I was just surprised because he was, I thought he was supposed to be like the good guy character and yet they're like, and he's cheating on his girlfriend. Yeah. That's why I wanted to think that he was just too out of it. He didn't even know. He was very dazed and confused. There's a lot of drinking, partying, stoners, hooking up. All that sort of stuff. Going oh, on the party. One of the mean senior hot girls gets like a little bit too drunk. And um, starts like doing beer bongs, and like she tries and hum- she tries to humiliate the fresher girl that's been taken under the wing, and uh, her new sifter nerd boyfriend sticks up for her. That that's kinda, so creepy. Yeah, that's so creepy. That's another highlight of the party. After the party, they go to the football field and just like drink on the football field. Yeah, good Matthew McConaughey mo- uh, moment. Which moment was a good Matthew McConaughey moment? Just him being there? Yeah, he kind of yeah he livens up the scene. I like it. He's wearing his he's wearing pink jeans. Really, I thought it was kind of tan. Off red. Oh, pink jeans, he's man! Wearing, Even wearing, I wouldn't wear those. He's wearing pink jeans and boots. Mmm, such a bit. He's wearing like a really tight t-shirt as well. Got it tucked in. Has he? Yeah, he's got it tucked oh. in. I mean, he's got the figure for it. Backs. Yeah, why not? Flaunt it. Flaunt it while you got it. Yeah. The um coach's committed committal sheet is reintroduced after of course coming up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The, the football coach wants uh Pink to sign a sheet that says he's not gonna do drugs, which he doesn't want to do. We're not gonna do too many drugs and we're not gonna it drink says any drugs. Okay, not we're not gonna drink too much and we're not gonna no, it do says any... we're not gonna drink or take drugs. Okay. 
that it seems pretty stock seems standard. Seems reasonable. And I think all the guys on the football team are signing it and then just like throwing it away and not giving a shit. But the main character, Pink, puts up a bit of a stink. What are your thoughts? Do you think you should just sign the damn piece of paper? I think they should not drink and do drugs if it's illegal. Yeah. If they're too young. Hey, that's I, not... I didn't have sympathy for the characters because they were all breaking the law. And I was like, the law's there for a reason. The law is definitely there for a reason because they're all like drinking and driving. They've got no idea of like what kind of damage they could do to like other people on the road. Well, they do. They damage people's property by like <laughs> throwing a bowling ball through their car. <laughs> they, um... they almost get killed by a maniac with a gun who like hunts them down for doing it. Yeah, I mean... I've got it just no, seems like they well, feel very entitled. They, they're doing very things that are dangerous to each other and to themselves. And quite frankly, that's why the law is there, Tarek. <laughs> yeah. The law is there to protect us and other people. Yeah. So anyway, he doesn't sign it and he throws it in the coach's face after they get busted having a big party on the football field by the cops who then just leave them and then their coach comes and tells them off. And they ride off into the sun. Yeah, so both... Both movies end on a bit of a happy note, like riding into the sunset sort of thing. Mm. Mm. Very nice. So, Tarek, how does this movie compare to other movies in this genre? Oh, okay. Um, so, early 90s coming-of-age movies. We've got late 80s Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep. Late 80s movie 16 Candles. Those are the two movies that I can think of that are sort of similar. You, you also wrote down Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Again, late 80s. And super bad. I, I none of those uh, movies well, I've seen. You haven't seen any of those. Movies? Oh no, I've seen Sixteen Candles. How about Fur- Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, that does not seem like the sort of movie I would want to watch. This doesn't seem like the sort of movie I would want to watch. Really? Okay. Well, no, I think you're the expert. It's not as good as any of those movies, just because the plot's a little bit all over the place. But it's still pretty fun. I think it's it's kind of in the middle. It's not as crass as Super Bad. Um, it's not as heartfelt. Is Sixteen Candles half or, out teenage movie? Well, yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Sixteen Candles both have like a good heart. These movies are kind of like hedonistic trips. Like, isn't that what Fast Times at Ridgemont High is? Mm, that ends on a more lovey-dovey note as well. Like, um, the main characters learn that uh, having fast times may not necessarily be the way to lead your life. Yeah, whereas because there are repercussions. Ended, ended on the like. They were like, screw you and your commitment sheet. I'm going to go off and do drugs. Yeah. So that's how the movie ends. There's like zero repercussions. The negative side of what they're doing isn't really like explored at all. Mm. But Fast Times at Ridgemont High, there's like everyone has a, a good rock and good time, but then consequences are introduced into the movie as well. So you think that's a you think that sort of an approach is a better way to... Yeah, I, I think this kind of movie is fun, but it doesn't really have a heart. Mm. You laugh, you have a good time, but... It's not as heartfelt as in Well, there the wasn't, movies. like you were saying, there wasn't much of a storyline. It was like, they have, a, they have a party. Yeah, maybe it's just a good slice of it was funny, fantasized but... Americana. I think both both films are kind of like fantasy films a little bit. Do you, you don't think They both that... have a fantastical... It's hard for us to tell because we didn't go to an American high school. And we weren't it... popular. And we weren't popular. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the keys. Maybe, but maybe it didn't this ha- seem like anyone was doing anything like this in high school. Like the, this, was way, this was way too fast for high school. Would you go to that? Would you go to the party in the I park? Went to, I went to a party at the end of high school. Ooh. The very end. It was Quit a... Boasting. 
<laughs> hey, I went to a party, man. <laughs> it was a party for the closing of our school production. Okay, similar and I had, idea. I had I'd been in the school school production for three years, and that last year I convinced two of my friends to join the school production. Mm. So they were in the cast, and I was in the crew for those three years. Mm. And we had a, a wrap up party at someone's house. Yeah. Um. And drama kids. Yeah, the, the drama kids, yeah. And me and my friends, we were obviously the dorks, but it was the first party any of us had ever been to. Yeah. My mum uh-huh, was uh-huh. like, um, you know, she was like, you can go to a... My mum was very liberal. She was like, you can go to a party. And she was like, do you want to take a drink with you? She was like, you can have a drink. Because okay. I was I was 18 at... Oh, I was about to turn 18. Okay, yeah. I was, I was like 17 turning 18. And mm-hmm. so the drinking age in New Zealand is 18. And mum was like, I'll buy you a drink if you want one. She was like, don't go overboard. But Did like, she can- say, I'll buy you a drink? Yeah. Were we? Well, no, she was like, she knew what, what the sort of thing was. And she wanted, I think this is a good approach to parenting. She was like, I don't mind if you drink. You're 17. You can take care of yourself. Don't go overboard. If you like, I'll get you a drink. So yeah. you can have one. And I think I turned her down. I think it? I was, was like, it? no, I think I was like, I don't want you to get me one. <laughs> I don't Stupid, want like, classic <laughs> teenager being like, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we turned up and everyone else had drinks, but none of us had brought drinks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> we were the dogs. I think we... Like bummed, bummed a drink, a drink off someone. That person. Yeah, we were uh. that person. I was trying to um, go out with one of the other people. I was trying to like make it onto the radar of one of the other people mm. in the in the production in the, crew, in the cast. Mm. So I was trying to hang out with him for the whole evening. He didn't like me though, <laughs> but I remember it being not as racy as this sort of a party. Yeah. Like I remember one girl that was in my year, I was in year 13, so I was in a senior, I guess. Yeah. I remember one girl getting drunk. It was her house though. Yeah. Um, And I don't remember anyone else really getting drunk. There was mm. like a few, everyone had a few drinks or a drink, a, a beer or whatever. Everyone probably got real fake rowdy. Yeah. I feel like it was a bit of fake. There was some music, but it wasn't like huge. It was at someone's house in someone's garage and like someone's mum had agreed to have them there, you know? Mm. It wasn't like that, that extreme. This is, it's not like the wolf on Wall Street raucous, but... No, it really wasn't. Like no one was having sex in the closet. No one was, we were all like seniors, but only just 17 or 18 and Mm. everyone was being fairly responsible <laughs> and someone's mum came and picked us up at the end of the night and took us home yeah i just think the kids in this movie they just didn't give a shit yeah uh, i i feel like it's too extreme for what isn't it element what of actually fantasy happens. i think they're both kind of fan- fantasy films mio more obviously this a little bit more subtly so how did matthew mcconaughey do uh i think he was this yeah just like Christian Bale was the secret star of Mio in the Land of Far Away. I think Matthew McConaughey was like the secret star in this movie. He's the person people remember. Yeah. When they watch this movie. And none I think of, he's none the, of the others had went on to have careers. So and... no one survived this movie? Nah. Oh. That's sad. Cause oh, it's Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey survived. And they, they're only like small parts in the movie. I think Ben Affleck's part's even smaller than Matthew McConaughey's. Yeah, but they're both memorable. Yeah, because Ben Affleck's like the the dick. Super jerk. Um, I agree. I think Matthew McConaughey was the was the funniest, definitely the funniest part mm. of this movie. Most laughs. Most laughs for sure. <laughs> so the uh the last question we've got here is which was the better movie this week? I'm gonna vote Dazed and Confused. I had more fun watching Dazed and Confused and it wasn't even my first time watching it. It was like my second or third time. 
<laughs> so there was like there wasn't even a freshness value to it. It was like I'd seen all the jokes before and knew that knew where they were coming. Still had a lot more fun and dazed and confused, which is hard sometimes to do with a comedy. Like if you know where the jokes are, you don't enjoy it so much the second or third time necessarily. I, I've, I've looked up the the Matthew McConaughey jokes on YouTube just to get those clips and stuff. Yeah. And every time I watch them, I laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I'd seen neither movie, and although it's hard to compare considering one is a family movie and one's more of like a, a yeah, cool teenage... Yeah, like a raunchy teenage comedy. Yeah, but they're definitely different audiences, different... One's a comedy, one's not a comedy. Yeah. Um, different, different, different age, genres, different age, age levels. levels. But I would have to say, on the whole, um, Dazed and Confused was a better movie. You enjoyed yourself more in that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mia on the Land of Faraway was really, really genuinely terrible. Uh, Dazed and Confused made a profit. It was closer it than Mia on the Land of Faraway, which cost... It made like less than half of what it cost to make. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I hope that production company didn't go under because of that. It was some small production company I'd never heard of as well. And they didn't make a film again. Okay, budget, $6.9 million. Takings, 7.9. Okay, you were right. Yeah. Damn right, I was right. It just made it. It washed its face, and it's a cult hit, so it'd probably make probably more than that on the TV and DVD sales and syndication. Other countries' TV. I remember it being on TV every now and again in New Zealand. Like I remember seeing it being advertised as like, "Hey, you can watch Dazed and Confused on Channel Two this weekend on the Friday night movie or whatever." They would usually have it as uh, we're watching all the kind of like party. High school movies from the late 80s, early 90s mm. that like have Fast Times at Richmond High and then like have Days and Confused the week after. Yeah, I think you're right. That have like I a running like theme. That. But yeah. I've never seen Mio in the Land of Far Away on TV. I'm glad I didn't. I think I would have been disappointed I've never, I mean, I've never with film the, in general if I've I never saw seen that the growing ad, up. I never saw the ads for it. I was never like, hey, what's that movie? Just had a deficit of whimsy and wonder. I think it, we laughed in it. But we were laughing at the movie. We weren't laughing with the movie. Yeah, like when that, the laughs were, well, it wasn't a comedy movie. That's the thing. Yeah. The laughs were when the kid was like saying his lines and it was so wooden. Yeah. And like the bad special effects or like the bad logic or like the strange characters. Uh, Christopher Lee's metal hand. That was claw. pretty funny. Yeah. So I think the upshot is maybe watch Dazed and Confused. I personally. If you haven't already. I personally wouldn't recommend it as being an amazing movie. It was okay. But please, please, if you take anything away from anything I've ever said to you, do not watch Mio in the Land of Far Away. Yeah, it is a waste no. of an hour and a half. Yeah, at least it's short. Yeah, I concur. Please watch one of the other late 80s live action family movies like Labyrinth or Princess Bride or Willow. Those movies are great. I kind of want to watch Princess Bride again. Yeah, true. Oh, that, watch... that, watching Mio has made you want to watch another one that's <laughs> like, better. Just like to cleanse, to cleanse it out of my system. Mm. Like help me forget all those bits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember, you can do anything. If you have courage, if you have in, your courage heart, in your heart. I can forget of that about that movie. If you have courage in if your I heart. If I have courage in my heart. So what are we doing next week? What movies are we watching this, this week, week coming? Next week, this week coming. So we're watching from Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. We're watching Empire of the Sun. Oh. So that is his first big movie. 
He's the lead. Uh, he's the lead. Yeah. Um, they saw Mio in the Land of Far Away and they thought... They got the wrong kid. They got the wrong kid, so they decided to make him the main kid in this movie. Steven Spielberg. Ooh, um, generally, I haven't seen it. Generally high, high reviews. Yep. Um, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 87 and 60%. Oh, 60% isn't that high, actually. But okay. it, I, think I remember it being a good movie. Um, I don't even know what it's about. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You, you can... Uh, Go in fresh. I'm going to go in fresh. I remember it being a really good movie. I think I watched it in university with a friend. Did you cry? Is it a, yeah, is I, it did, a weepy? I did. I did cry. I, weep- I mean, I cried almost anything, but... It's a weepy. It's a serious movie and I cried. Oh, okay. Um, what if I will? What if I'll crack? From Matthew McConaughey, we are watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Ooh, I might cry for another reason. <laughs> We're not, would you call yourself a horror fan? No, I hate horror movies. Okay. Yeah. This is one of the ones that I have been. I'm a little bit nervous as well because this is like one of the gore. But I feel like it sounds like it's really badly made. It's got really low reviews. Ooh. And um, it's it's not the original movie. It's like some remake of the movie. So it's like a mid to early '90s remake. Yeah, mid '90s remake. Great. Okay. Is Matthew McConaughey? He's one of the two leads. I think he's one of the main characters. I'm not 100 percent sure. He's on the poster. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, he's on one of the posters anyway. Oh, did I've you seen. look it up? Yeah. I just, it looks re- like, okay, I haven't seen the trailer, I don't think, but I, I've i seen snippets of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies on TV, probably not that specific one, mm. and I feel like it's really not the sort of thing I would like or Ooh. watch or ever want to be involved in because it's well, just needless, mindless gore. It's well, like let's go it's a chainsaw. In. He's chopping it up. Maybe it's really artistically down. Let's I go in like with. It's not going to be. I don't know. Just low expectations. Let's go and you know, clean slate. Let's let let it do its thing. Give it a chance. I I think that it could go either way. I don't think it could go. It's only <laughs> going to go one way. So this week, Matthew McConaughey got a point. But so you can see that like, he was better. Yeah, and he Dazed and Confused was a better movie. Yeah. But I think that th- this week is really going to have to go to Christian Bale. I'm, I haven't watched it. I'm going in with an open mind. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, I really don't think is going to compare <laughs> to Empire of the Sun, which I remember being a good movie. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the clean slate, even yeah, though I'm slightly slate. biased towards McConaughey. Okay, I'm going I'll with give the you clean a movie slate. a chance. I'm going to give Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, 1994, a chance. Thank you, so I asked. Okay. Okay, well, until next week, see ya. All right, signing off. This is Rhiannon and Tarek signing off. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs>